family is a messy topic. Some people think of family as the end-all be-all. Others think that it's just a standard part of the human experience. And a lot of people see it as the reason behind their therapy bills. Love them or hate them, family has a way of influencing who we are. And sometimes, two relatives can be a deadly combination. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1973 murders of Estelle Aikman and her husband, David Aikman, who is a country music star commonly known as Stringbean. David Aikman was a banjo player and country music artist who spent his years traveling all over the United States while performing. I'll admit that I don't know much about this genre, and the closest I get to listening to country music is literally Taylor Swift, so take that for what you will, but from what I've read, people really liked this guy. They liked his clothes, his demeanor, his songs, and they had a lot of fun when he performed. On November 10th, he was performing, and it was being played live on the radio. I know we live in an age where music artists perform in Fortnite now, but back in 1973, this was a pretty big deal. And it also made this couple a target. As many celebrities and influencers now know, it is dangerous to let people know where you're going to be. But it's also a hazard that comes with the job. It reminded me of the 2016 killing of Christina Grimmie. If you guys don't know her, she was a really talented up-and-coming singer who was greeting fans after performing. And basically, one of her fans was really obsessed with her. He was getting surgeries and changing his body in hopes that she might like him. And then he showed up at her concert and he shot her. It was really sad and shook a pretty big online community and, of course, her family and friends. I know that case doesn't follow at Dad's theme, but I would definitely encourage you to look into it. It was a really disturbing case. I had followed her content for years when it happened, and I just remember being so shocked by it. But anyway, um, since he was performing live, it meant that people knew that he wasn't at his remote cabin in the woods. Unfortunately, two cousins, Doug and John Brown, knew where the Aikmans lived. And they also knew that David Aikman was a pretty successful guy with quite a lot of money. So, they decided to rob him while he was out. As they searched the house, they kept the radio on so they could hear him play just to be safe. But, at some point, they got distracted. They were looking for riches, money, and jewels and things like that, but they weren't finding anything. So, 
They didn't realize when Aikman ended the show and made his way home. When he and Estelle arrived back home, David knew pretty quickly that something was wrong with the house. The front door was disturbed. He pulled out his gun and made his way into the house while Estelle waited in the car. Unfortunately, it seems that he found them. There was an altercation and David was shot. I'm not sure if these killers were just trying to get out of the house or if they knew to look for his wife, but they caught her as she was getting out of the car after the gun went off. The reports would go on to say that she ran for her life, begging while she did for them to leave her alone, but they didn't care. They chased her down, quickly overtaking her, and they shot her. Then they fled the scene. In literature, we have the concept of dramatic irony. It's that moment in a book or movie where the reality of the situation is kind of lost on the characters involved, but we, as the audience, know it. And it seems like, in this case, a lot of people who were near David and Estelle could have watched this entire encounter unfold and known something that the criminals didn't. David Aikman had a good deal of money, that was true. Everyone knew that, and it is often referred to as the reason why he was targeted in the first place. When you flash around a lot of cash, people notice. A lot of the time, it's the wrong people who notice, and that was true here. Since he was known for his wealth, John and Doug Brown understandably assumed that they would find some of that wealth in the home. But that was because they only knew about David. They didn't know him. So they didn't know that he was forever changed by a notable part of his upbringing. His very personal experience with the Great Depression. And how could they? John and Doug Brown were only 23 at the time of the murder. That means that they were born around 1950, a couple decades after the Great Depression started and likely over 10 years after it ended. They didn't know the fearful way that people who lived through the Great Depression looked at money. David and Estelle lived a surprisingly frugal life and basically didn't spend money on anything they couldn't keep with them. John and Doug Brown didn't find anything because there really wasn't much to find. But when they killed these two innocent people rather than own up to their crimes, they fled without realizing that David and Estelle had over $5,000 in cash on them. These two literally died for nothing with their pockets stuffed with money. Now, Here's where things get interesting. Family, friends, and fans were understandably devastated when the Aikmans died. But this wasn't just the death of two well-liked people or two people who were known to the public. A lot of reports at the time actually believed that their deaths were a pivotal moment in Nashville history and possibly the history of country music. 
No one really knew why the Aikmans were killed at first, and some people feared that it might not just be a random crime. Or possibly that people in the area couldn't be trusted. Back in 1973, the country music scene in Nashville was kind of its own community and culture. And this was before the era where we were constantly taking pictures, filming, and interacting with each other in easily documented ways. A lot of conversations and agreements happened quietly behind closed doors. Guitarist Steve Gibson said, It was a subculture where everyone dealt in handshakes, promises, and word of mouth with no fear of betrayal. So, when one of their own died, people got scared and thought that someone intentionally targeted them for more dangerous reasons. But... The good thing about some criminals is that they never know when to keep their mouths shut. In the end, these two were seen bragging all over town, and Doug Brown even called a local newspaper and confessed the murder to a journalist. So, yeah, they went to jail. Doug Brown died in prison in 2003. Said to be a changed man and incredibly remorseful for his actions, John Brown was released in 2014 after serving 41 years in prison. 23 years after the murders of David and Estelle, $20,000 of deteriorated and now unusable money was found behind the chimney of their home. So, if you want to discuss fame and fortune, the psychology behind mourning celebrities, or the ways that communities change when trust is lost, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs>